the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As we head into our third hour on your drive home, I am Seth Leibson, 602 if you'd like to uh, join the conversation or if you have a question for any of my great experts and colleagues in studio with me, Steve Moak Jr., Jeff Taylor, Hugh Hallman, uh, we and a few others couldn't be with us today, started a serious, unapologetic drug prevention program and campaign. The Stop Starts Here.org is our website. We're aiming dramatic messaging to our youth, and we are giving tools through our website and through our Parents Prevention Playbook to our parents. We're getting great feedback through the web. We've got a couple questions that came through uh, over the over the hour top of the hour break and we'll get to those too again happy to take your calls if you have questions about drug abuse or substance use or whatever the terminology uh, of the day is one of my big concerns is that we have detoxified so much of this what we're talking about is dangerous and illegal drugs that's what we're talking about folks and we're talking about the death toll it's taking on our fellow citizens and our family members mr. Hallman you said speaking of some statistics you wanted to talk a little bit about them I don't have my son Lewis here uh, currently because he's our real statistician, but I went ahead and quickly pulled down some numbers to give us some uh, examples of why, in our view, this policy debate needs to be elevated to the point at which we take it as seriously as other items that we've suffered from, and I'm using that correctly, I think, uh, in recent years. So, for example, school shootings. None of us is here promoting school shootings, but we hear about that a lot and huge policy moves to do something about it. In 2023, as of September 13th, there were 30 school shootings in which a total of 16 people were killed. That's pretty dramatic. 32 more people were injured. COVID, we heard about COVID for a long time, took extraordinary policy steps to stop COVID, or at least slow its speed. During the entire uh, time COVID has been visiting us, uh, we have had a total of, uh, for the population 50 and under, 66,843 deaths in the entirety uh, since March 1st of 2020. Of those, 2,313 of them were people under the age of 18. Seth, you're the master of the stats. I'm just going to give you the quick one from 2021. We had 45,000 deaths by cars, 48,830 deaths by guns, and we had 106,699 deaths by drug poisoning, which does not include the motor vehicle deaths that are caused by that very thing or the shooting deaths that are caused because of drugs involvement. And so we've got our priorities completely upside down, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a huge problem with drugs 
and drug abuse and drug poisoning in this country. And it keeps being shoved under the carpet because it's not politically acceptable. We want to say, gee, it's okay to use marijuana. The attacks we get because we are ardently saying, please, if you're 18 or under, do not even start because it is so hard to stop. And those who want to excuse their drug of choice have to recognize the unintended consequence of that is that there are many people not mature enough to hear a message like that and understand the full consequences of what can happen. So the reality is the greatest crisis we face, as you said at the opening of the first hour, is drugs and drug poisoning. Let's act like that. Let's stop misprioritizing this country's policy choices and policy actions and the expenditure of funds when we have such a crisis at hand. And it starts with understanding that there is no safe use, period. You know, that's uh, that's a great way to open this up, uh, Hugh. Steve Moak Jr. was talking over the break that um, when we think about the huge numbers of lives lost due to drug poisoning deaths, what some people call drug overdoses, let me say a word about why we say it's a poisoning and not an overdose. An overdose is taking too much of something that you should be taking. Uh, there is no such thing as an overdose of fentanyl. It's a poisoning. It's a dose that kills you. It's not an overdose. It's a dose. So these are poisoning deaths. And you're quite right, Hugh. It is the number one killer of people under 50 without comorbidities. Bingo, bingo, bingo. We're talking about healthy, otherwise healthy people dying from drug poisonings where COVID at least can be explained in part because you've got obesity and diabetes and other things that have been impacting uh, that. In the instance of drugs... These tend to be otherwise what would have been healthy people. Absolutely, which is just part of the sadness of the whole thing. You were right to point out the COVID numbers because it shows you that this country knows how to put out a prevention campaign when it wants to. It was just misprioritized given the true danger. I want people to understand the nature of what Hugh was talking about. More children went to emergency departments in the three and a half years of COVID for marijuana than did for COVID. Let me give you the Arizona, just the Arizona numbers, just to give you a little sense of the local nature of this. In three years of COVID in Arizona, we lost 83 people under the age of 20. All three years, 83 lives were lost under the age of 20. But we lost just 192 of them last year due to drug overdoses. Understand, in Arizona, we're losing 130% more youth to drug to drug deaths in one year. We are losing 130% more youth to drug deaths in one year than in all three years of COVID. You tell me we have our priorities straight. We don't. The government should be doing something about that. Drug prevention messaging should be the job of the government. They're not. We at the stopstartsheer.org are. We're asking you to help us out and get this message out. Mr. Moak. Well, I'll tell you, it's college football season right now, right? Is everybody paying a little bit of attention? Think of the University of Michigan Stadium or Ohio State, the Horseshoe. They hold about 100-plus thousand people. We are losing a stadium, a sold-out stadium's worth of souls, lives, real people every single year to this. One of the other things, and we put together a piece of content on social media, imagine that there were two Southwest Air Jets colliding over your state every single day. That's the number of people that we're losing every single day. Do it again. 
right? I mean, that is Again, that is Southwest would prefer you use someone. You can use airline. American crashing into a Southwest. Okay, there you go. But that is Qantas. The, Qantas. The, <laughs> Qantas never crashes. Let's blame it, let's blame it on the Australians. But think about that. Think about the the impact if you thought about it that way. What it would really feel like instead of these numbers that get so big that you can't wrap your brain around. That's really what I want to get out there. And that's He's right. Say it again. We've got two aircraft liners filled with human beings smashing in the air worth of people who are dying every day from every these day. drugs. And, and get this. If that happened, how many people would be flying? Right. That's that right. would be a deterrent. That's that right. And what would the FAA be doing so, so as well, we too? Have, I mean, the- so what we have is an ethos in this country from places calling themselves public health departments saying, we know that. Get on that plane with a friend. That's what they're saying with these advertisements. That's what they're saying with these billboards. That's exactly what they're saying. They're saying start small and do it with a friend and you will have a happy life because you're right. Those advertising billboards in the major cities like Washington and New York and San Francisco, they're young kids that you want to look like. Look, we are running in the face of that. We are pushing as hard against this culture as is pushing against us because no one else is doing it. Check us out at the stop starts here.org. A week and a day ago, we commemorated 9-11. A week and a day ago, we commemorated 9-11, where we lost nearly 3,000 souls. We're doing a week, uh, uh, excuse me, we're losing every week, every week to drug deaths, what we lost on one day in 9-11 when you add car accidents due to drug-infused drivers we're, losing, we're doing a 9-11 a week. And the connection is that we responded to the terrorists who caused that very clearly. And as Jeff made the point in the last segment, this or seg- several segments ago, this is a terrorist operation. We've got people from abroad who are making big piles of money attracting children to these horrible things. That is domestic terrorism at its worst because it's not – just the happenstance of being in New York at the wrong moment or the Pentagon or on a plane that crashed in a field in Pennsylvania due to some heroes interaction. It is the worst kind of people who are terrorizing our society, making money off of our children, destroying their lives. And we have that many people dying every week. Respond accordingly. Well done. Thank you. 602-508-0960. Jeff Taylor, Steve Moak Jr., and Hugh Hallman and I will be right back. Happy to take your calls on any aspect of this, or if you think you may have a problem, or if you think you know someone who does, or what to say or what to do. We've got the experts right here in studio. 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. That's a pretty good lyrics from Glenn Campbell for what we're talking about. We're talking about saving our sisters and brethren. Uh, we um, in studio are Hugh Hallman and uh, Steve Moak Jr. and Jeff Taylor. Jeff Taylor, many of you have heard before. Hugh is my regular guest on Tuesdays, and every once in a while I have to break the glass, pull the lever, and call Steve Moak Jr. <laughs> in as well. And we started a project here with a couple of others. Uh, the Stop Starts org, where we are unapologetic, serious, social media, drug prevention messaging with materials for parents and grandparents as well. Mr. Taylor. I was just thinking about the, uh, the funding that we do. Mm-hmm. So from a taxpayer point of view, we are funding the wreckage mm-hmm. of addiction. Mm-hmm. We're not funding any prevention. We're funding the wreckage of addiction. Let's just talk about some, some major points. Uh, Arizona Department of Corrections. 
you know, I'm, I hear all the time, oh, they're nonviolent drug offenders. Many, many are violent. They have become violent on especially crystal methamphetamine, which is coming. Very violent drug. It's also a huge motivator to steal. Try to leave your garage door open, you know, one night and see what happens the next morning. You probably, depending on the neighborhood, either a 100% chance of everything being cleaned out uh, to maybe a 50% chance in, in some other neighborhoods. Uh, Department of Child Safety, you know, child removal, foster care. I think a foster child, I'm not sure what the current reimbursement for an out-of-home foster child is, but that is a monthly payment of around, I think, $800 until that child reaches 18 an Arizona Department of Corrections prison bed is $24,500 a year. And let's say you get a 10-year sentence. That's $250,000 that we have spent because someone is a quote-unquote nonviolent drug offender. Guess what? Nonviolent drug offenders, even if they are nonviolent, maybe they didn't caught for their violence, they get behind the wheel every day of a 4,000-pound vehicle going down the road. Look at our insurance costs. I have a, a theory about wrong-way drivers. If you look at wrong-way drivers, which did not exist before pharmaceutical marijuana hit this state, it was extremely rare. And I'm not saying it's just marijuana. I'm saying it's marijuana with a beer, marijuana with a pill. When you're dealing with a potency that has skyrocketed, then it causes confusion. And that's, in my theory is that why our, if you look at a graph of the potency of marijuana in this state when it was being produced for pharmacological and now recreational uses, that's, you, you could overlay that graph with THC content over wrong-way drivers, and they kind of follow each other. I don't believe in coincidence on this. And then people ask, why do I get into this? You know, why am I so heavily invested? Well, it all started when I ran a nursery for the Salvation Army back in the 90s. It was 1996 until 2000. And it was the first nursery of its type. It was for children from birth until school age, which would be birth to five years old. And it was specifically for children of homeless and drug-addicted parents. And I saw, again, the wreckage of addiction because most of the parents were drug-addicted and the wreckage that occurred in those children. And, and that's one of the major – and these children were coming in severely damaged, living in cars in the summertime, completely shut down. They wouldn't sleep. They wouldn't eat. They wouldn't sleep because guess what? Parents would disappear while they were, they were afraid to sleep. So I love these children. I love your audience's children, and I don't even know them. When it's hitting our most vulnerable children, what was the first um, incidence of drug use now? Average seventh grade. Seventh grade. When I was in seventh grade, we were trying to figure out how to build a ramp outside. I mean, it was it was pretty dangerous. We didn't have bike helmets, and we we're making a ramp out of a piece of plywood with nails coming up, you know, through the. And we're jumping our bikes over garbage cans. I trust over garbage cans, exactly right. and and of course you had to have the cinder blocks, you know, on underneath the ramp. So I just look at that picture, and then I look at the picture of a seventh grader now and it's it's hard i mean it just it it keeps me up at night it makes me extremely sad and i'm kind of in that melancholy mood today because of that call from the prosecutor 
where we really passed a law that gave immunity to a drug user with no consequences or interdictions along the way, and today he's dead. Yeah, we're just we're on a path right now of watching him die. We're on a path in this room with our organization, the StopStartsHere.org, and having an insurance policy against them ever starting and becoming one of those statistics. Mr. Moak, you have to leave in a few minutes. Any last words you want to say? Uh, I do. Again, this this is, this may be the most important thing that I ever get involved with in my life, right? I mean, we need to get this message. We need to saturate the market. Prevention works. It takes people like us and people in this room and your listeners and their family and friends to get behind this. Follow us at Hard Stop Official on all the social channels. We are the fastest growing nonprofit, I'm sorry, in the country, and I'm going to stand by that. You can Drug prevention. Uh, our drug prevention, yeah. absolutely. From our Facebook to our Instagram, it is important what we're doing. It's resonating with what we're doing, but we need more people out there liking and sharing our content to really help spread the message of prevention, youth drug abuse prevention across this country, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. Thanks. We do talk about the deaths an awful lot, and I think you – all have been right to say that is not the only consequence of using dangerous and illegal drugs. Um, we have used a lot of different metaphors and analogies to try and explain the kinds of deaths we're talking about. When we talk about 110,000 Americans dying from drug poisonings every year, you talked about the football stadiums. We talked about two commercial airliners crashing over our skies every single day day. We used to have one commercial airline crashing over our sky every single day compared to drug deaths five to six years ago. Our goal is to get it back to one and then to zero or as close to zero as we possibly can because we've done it before. We have done it before. I want people to understand anyone who's um, been to Washington, D.C. and gone to the Vietnam Memorial, that scar of a wall of 58,000 souls on it, took 16 years to get those 58,000 names. We could be, a, be building two Vietnam memorial walls a year with the deaths we're doing right now. So stop uh, the stopstartshere.org. Help us get this message out. Help us get to your children before the drug dealer does. And help us um, get the Parents Prevention Playbook around as well. We also have a lot of other recommendations. We want, yes, Mr. Taylor, sir. Before Steve leaves, I, I wanted to bring up another line. It just came to my mind. All of us here, this will get worse before it gets better. Yep. It doesn't have to. Right. But when somebody tells me about how this is going to get worse before it gets better, I say we're in the business of better. Good. We're in the business well of said. better. We'll be right back. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Love to take your calls. Love to help you out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Jeff Taylor, Hugh Hallman are my in-studio guests. Mr. Moak had to uh, take off, uh, but we are, uh, we are representing uh, the StopStartsHere.org, unapologetic, unapologetic, serious, and impactful drug prevention messaging. When we were serious as a country about this, we reduced the problem 60%. It's needed. It's not being done. We're doing it. Help us out. Go to the website. Anything you can do to help get the word around or help finance these ads, that would be great. Jeff, talk to me a little bit about uh, your family and how it's not only affected your family, but how it's come full circle. Well, I think the most important job that I have today is to be a good parent and not to be a friend, but to be a good parent. My son now is 23 years old, but when he was 13 years old, actually 12, I started drug testing him. 
going to talk a little bit about prevention and how it really worked in my life. I talked to him about drugs. I talked to him about the, dem- the damage and the devastation and the wreckage that occurred in my wake of, from my drug abuse. And he was listening. And then I gave him an out because of peer pressure in middle schools and high schools. It's tremendous. And we all know there's all sorts of peer pressure. But there's peer pressure to use drugs and substances all the time for these young people. So I said, you know, I'm going to give you an out. And that is I don't think you're using drugs. I am drug testing you because then when you are approached and you are experiencing peer pressure, you can say, my dad drug tests me all the time. And when I say all the time, he didn't walk in the house. So when we come in the house, we go through the uh, garage, through the laundry room, and then to his room, and then there's a bathroom. And I had drug testing kits stacked up in the laundry room, and he would just grab one every time. You know, he'd come in and go. He didn't even know that there was a toilet in the, because he was always <laughs> peeing into this cup. But that's what it takes is that – and he used that. And he – it was really interesting. One of his peers came to him later and said, I wish that my parents cared enough to drug test me. Yeah. And I told my son, I love you enough to drug test you. And there will be consequences. Our good friend, uh, you know, county attorney mm-hmm. and now Supreme Court Justice Bill Montgomery, I told my son that if you show up positive – for any illegal substances, and you're underage, I am marching you down to Bill Montgomery's office, and he will charge you with internal possession, and I will not bail you out. <laughs> that is parenting, you know? And that's, that's delivering a consequence. Sometimes that's what it takes is a strong message, and that's what our website is about, is direct strong messages about the reality of the wreckage that can occur in not only your young person's life, but as that person grows up, into their children's lives. You know, one of the most meaningful days I've spent this year was an afternoon with you and your son about a month ago. Mm-hmm. You were someone who knew the criminal justice system from the inside and the outside. Yes. And we got to watch your son graduate from the city of Phoenix Police Academy, and he's now a police officer here in Phoenix, Arizona. One of the One of the proudest moments of my life is I have let him know, and he's been to, you know, many presentations or speeches that I've given on the importance of law enforcement. I am here because law enforcement saved my life. I call it the Criminal Justice Intervention Program, and it is something that needs to be strengthened and bolstered up, not only in our community, but in other communities. And that couldn't be a pathway to help like it was for me. And then, Seth, do you remember at the graduation? Yeah, so we have the, I do. The chief is there, and then we have one of the assistant chiefs, and then um, the uh, oh, city councilwoman, city councilwoman right. uh, O'Brien, right. who goes to every one of the police department's yeah. con- graduations. Huge supporter of our police department. And so they said something about <laughs> the individual. Yeah, do you want to take it from well, well, what they did was it was a beautiful thing, and you've seen this in smaller uh, venues or graduations, but they said something about the family the families of everyone on stage. And he said, and we have a... Uh, we have... We uh, have a graduate whose dad... Wh- whose dad has been arrested by the Phoenix Police Department five times. And so... You, you stood up and shouted... 
Uh, actually, it was six times. <laughs> tools. Tools. The drug test is a crucial one. Yes. Anything you can do to give your child an out when the peer pressure comes. If a child can say, I can't because I get drug tested, and if I get drug tested, I'll lose privileges, I'll be punished, I won't be able to play sports, I won't be able to go to this activity, it's a great way to help that kid, and kids need all the help they can get. Check us out at uh, thestopstartshere.org. Help us out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Jeff Taylor and Hugh Holman have been my in-studio guests. Thank you, gentlemen, for not only being here today, but joining us on this project and helping make it come to fruition. The stop starts here.org. Unapologetic, dramatic drug prevention messaging in social media. Like we're trying to replicate with modern updated advertising messaging and in the modern media, what the This Is Your Brain on Drugs campaign did, along with a culture that took this issue seriously, we reduced drug poisoning deaths by over 60%. We let up on it. It's time we start doing it again, and we are. Drug prevention, like any other prevention, works every single time it's tried. Ask Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Ask uh, the cigarette. A- ask anyone who used to, uh, who who watches a TV show from the '60s or '70s. Ask with, Joe Camel. Yeah, with cigarette smoking. Ask Joe Camel. We reduce cigarette smoking with prevention messaging by fifty percent in this country. We did drugs by sixty percent. Forest fires. Every time it works, and in letting up on it, we have now observed and blithely watched as drug poisonings became the number one killer of young adults in this country. It's not COVID. We turned this country upside down for COVID. We closed schools. We closed churches and synagogues. We closed outdoor gatherings for COVID. Beaches. In the city of Phoenix. Beaches. It was incredible, and we're not arguing for that, but what we're simply saying is that when this country gets serious about a prevention message, it knows how to do it. Let me put the numbers on Arizona again to give you a sense of what drugs are doing to this country and this state. In three years of COVID in Arizona, we lost 83 lives under the age of 20, all, by the way, with comorbidities, 83 over three years under the age of 20. But we lost 192 of our youths just to opioids under the age of 20 last year. We're losing 130% more youth in Arizona to drug deaths in one year than all three years of COVID. No one's doing that prevention messaging, and we are. Help us do it at thestopstartshere.org. Mr. Hallman. Don't forget this is a hard thing to be doing. We are trying to turn a battleship of culture that has gotten used to the uh, direction it's sailing with the idea that we want to be tolerant of different perspectives and different lifestyles even if that lifestyle is self-destructive. Especially with drugs, it tends to be quite self-destructive, but it is not just destructive of that self. It's destructive of all the families and friends, and it calls on resources from our society that are extraordinary. Uh, Jeff mentioned the fact that uh, his son graduated from the police academy and has joined our folks in blue to help protect us. Every time something horrible happens with a police officer, it's headline news and it's repeated consistently and continuously. When almost every day, every police officer is performing miracles on the street to help improve our society and help those people out on the street who are addicted to drugs. They have been given a 
a uh, job to now act as social workers when we have created this by enabling the behavior and now not just denying that it happens, but saying that it's happening is okay, and worse now, mandating that it happens because we have government officials handing out drug paraphernalia to make this lifestyle possible and cheaper. It's nuts. With that said, every single family who's got someone listening to this show has this problem. I'm making a blanket statement, but I can be pretty sure I'm right. The number of people out in our societies who are suffering from drug addiction, alcohol addiction is huge. As Seth started our discussion, we now have broken the record on the percentage of our population using dangerous, illegal drugs on a daily basis. It's a huge number. We're now above we're almost at 15% of our population. Every one of those people is a child of some parent. Every one of those people likely has siblings. Every one of those people has others around them that they're in, influenced by and influencing and whose lives they're affecting. You are not alone. Everyone who has talked to you from these studio seats on these microphones today is an individual or a family member of somebody who did suffer from drug addiction. In a terrible way. In my case, I had a younger brother who was a crystal meth addict for 15 years. His daughter became addicted to drugs and as a result of that addiction got drawn into sex trafficking. She was 15 years old when that happened. She was trafficked for two years, eventually let out. That is to say, she was captured by the police. She would not testify against her pimp, but put into juvenile detention. On her 18th birthday, she was let out. She went right back to her pimp and nine months later shot herself to death. That's the kind of story that is the end of what happens when you start and why we are so passionate about trying to stop people from starting in the first place. Let's get our kids to age 21 before ever introducing them to drugs and alcohol, because if you make that mark, they have a huge high probability. It's something like 90 percent never starting of never starting down these roads. These are terrible roads to go down. And I'm reminded on a daily basis, Seth knows my tortoise, Nan, that tortoise is now 27 years old. My youngest son, who's now 27, received that tortoise when he was seven from a young kid who he went to grade school with. Nan lives in our backyard. And I think about the child who gave that tortoise to my youngest son on a daily basis because that child at age 18 died of a heroin poisoning. One dose. His parents are devastated. That's the kind of story that should motivate all of us, that we should not have those end games for our young people. And it's not just that one child. It's many, many children whose funerals I've attended who had one dose of an illegal drug that ended their life. We can stop this. And the way we stop it is by keeping kids ever from starting. Help us, because this problem is very difficult to go against. Changing culture is difficult. Seth talked to you about the fact that we had the high watermark previously in 1979 and turned the course around. But does everybody of my age remember the fact that Nancy Reagan was belittled in the early 1980s for pushing hard to stop drug addiction and drug abuse? Just say no to drugs? And she was belittled for that by the left, for the cool people who said, how cute, how quaint. And 
intolerant. Damn right. I am absolutely intolerant of the messaging from the state of California, the state of New York, saying that they are from health departments stamping the imprimatur of the government on the safe, unquote, quote, unquote, safe use of drugs. There is no such thing. And we together must stop that messaging and put back in place the messaging. Don't start because this stuff kills. It doesn't discriminate among zip codes. It doesn't discriminate against area codes. And it's not a partisan issue. This is an issue that faces all of us. And we ask you to give us a hand in getting the message out because we can do it. We've done it before. The theoretical has been proven by the actual. We do it with every other prevention campaign. This one deserves it too. Go to the stopstartshere.org, take a look at what we have, and help us out any way you can. Jeff Taylor, Hugh Hallman, Steve Moak, who had to leave us a little while ago, thank you very much, as well as our other two partners who couldn't be with us today. Couldn't do it without any of you, and we can't do it without the rest of you in this audience either. I'll be back with a final word. Thank you. Love is all around. That's a great song. Thank you for ending uh, that with us uh, today, David. And thank you, David, for uh, producing. Thank you all for uh, spending some of your afternoon with us. We take none of you for granted. We take none of this for granted. We want to thank one of our sponsors, Why Refi. Um, if you are concerned about the volatility of the stock market or possible recession or inflation, Why Refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. It's a portfolio where you can turn your monthly, it's an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, and there's no penalty if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. We talk on this show a lot about the durables the things that last, the things that are most important. We think the campaign for our children is one of those. They're under assault from a lot of different directions. And we'll pick up tomorrow on the debates that came out, that came out of the UN today. We'll pick up tomorrow on the kinds of um, news stories that fleet past us and um, that we drive by so quickly in this crisis industrial complex that we seem to live in right now, foisted on us by the media and the government. What we wanted to spend some time with you today is talking about this enduring problem that um, is affecting not only every family, as Hugh Hallman said, that no one seems to know what we can do about except watch the body count increase. And it doesn't have to, because when we were serious about it once before, we reduced it dramatically. And we gave up because of the crisis industrial complex as we moved on to other things. Well, it's back. And uh, you're absolutely right. The cartels are at war against the United States, and they're at war against our children. But we also have a demand problem, too. If people weren't taking them, they wouldn't have a market. So we have to fight this front on several levels, including the supply level. And we can't do it because we're not law enforcement. But what we are is a few really smart, good experts in this area who thought we could replicate that which worked before and that which can work again as every prevention campaign ever has worked. So thanks for indulging us with this on this most important thing. We can reduce regular illegal dangerous drug use. We can reduce the body count. We can reduce 
dropouts. We can reduce education deficits. We can reduce homeless. We can reduce violent crime. And we can reduce violence in schools, including school shootings, if we get our arms around this issue. We think we have a way to do it. We ask you to join us and help us. The stop starts here.org. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Liebson for Jeff Taylor, Hugh Holman, Steve Moak, and David Dahl. God bless and class dismissed. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.